money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, and training. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to the RIA Real Estate Investor Association. Uh, I'm Phil Grove. I'm going to be leading the presentation tonight. Uh, this is, of course, sponsored by Texas RIAs, the largest network of real estate investor associations in the state of Texas. We're going to be doing a real estate investing market update and training presentation uh, today. So let's go ahead and get ourselves started. Uh, each week, by the way, oh, by the way, uh, we are broadcasting live on uh, Facebook, uh, several places on Facebook, on uh, Twitch, on uh, YouTube, uh, on Instagram, uh, on GoToWebinar, and uh, we're even on a podcast, so you could be any number of different places uh, out there somewhere on the internet listening to us, and uh, we welcome all of you. Uh, and we are also uh, about to go back live in person. The RIA, Real Estate Investor Association Network, Texas RIAs, meets uh, in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio on Tuesdays and Thursdays all over the state of Texas. Uh, since the pandemic, we have been only online, broadcasting online, uh, building up our broadcast network. But um, starting next week, uh, how about that? Uh, we are going to be back in person, so pretty cool. Uh, and look forward to uh, seeing you uh, in person. So you're welcome to uh, join us. Uh, go to Texas RIAs, find out when the next meeting is. Uh, you can see us live, you can see us online, uh, and uh, you can see us all over the internet. So uh, welcome. Uh, and uh, where are we now? Well, we are in the best real estate market ever, and ever is a very long time. Uh, and it's 100% a result of the disruption. We just went through a one in 100 year uh, disruption, pandemic. And, uh, you know, pandemics, disruptions uh, create opportunities. Uh, there's always winners and losers. I'm sorry, life's not fair. Uh, the situation is fluid, dynamic, uh, get used to it. Uh, but operations are, I'm sorry, opportunities are created from disruptions. Uh, and we like to say in real estate, never let a good crisis go to waste. So we're going to learn tonight how to take advantage of the greatest real estate market that has ever existed in the history. That's a pretty long time uh, of measured real estate in, uh, in the great state of Texas. So let's go ahead uh, and get ourselves started. Uh, we also like to start each week uh, with a tip of the week. We've gone through many tips over the last several months. Uh, we're going to do a tip right now. I'm going to do one that's actually been done before, but I want to repeat it. Uh, and the reason I want to repeat it is because it's so pertinent to where we are now. The real estate market here in Texas is on fire. Uh, prices are going up like crazy. Uh, and as a result, something interesting has happened. A lot of people are getting offers uh, that are higher than their listing prices. Uh, there's bidding wars going on all over the place. So somebody lists their house for $300,000, uh, and then there's a bunch of people that want that house, and somebody might offer easily uh, 320. And if that's the best offer, the buyer and the seller would agree on 320. So the seller would accept that offer for 320. Well, after an offer gets accepted, what happens? Uh, the buyer's lender does an appraisal. And what is an appraisal? A lot of people misunderstand what an appraisal is. An appraisal does not really tell you what the house is worth. 
what the appraiser uh, tells you, they give you a report on what other houses sold for. What a house is worth is what somebody's willing to pay for it, but what other houses that are similar sold for is an indicator for how much the lender will lend. Now listen to this. So somebody offers 320, the seller says, I agree. They accept the offer for 320. The buyer's lender does an appraisal and based on past sales, which are older than current sales, right? Uh, you know, the number comes back at 300. Uh, well, what do you do then? Well, when the appraisal comes back at 320 and the offer was, uh, I'm sorry, at 300 and the offer was 320, what the lender basically says to the buyer is, we're not going to loan you all the, uh, all the money you need to buy this house. We'll only loan you, uh, you know, for example, 80% if you're putting down 20%. So the lender's basically gonna say, you put down 60, we'll come up with 240, we'll let you buy it for 300, but if you wanna buy it for over 300, we're out. Uh, and if you look at a Trek contract, the only thing in a contract that allows everybody to just walk away from the closing table uh, at the very end is if the loan is not approved. And that's happening a lot right now because prices are going up so fast uh, that the appraisals are not keeping up with the market, with what, what, what people are really offering to buy houses for. Uh, and that means a lot of deals end up falling apart. Well. Real Estate Investor Associations, uh, you know, we have been teaching workarounds to these problems for literally a couple decades now. And, and, and because we go through market cycles, we've seen this happen before, not exactly to this level, but we know what happens when prices go up. And we've always taught our investors to use a little trick uh, and to write into the contract, if the house appraisal comes in at less than what you said you would buy the house for, you have to come up with the difference. So in other words, if the appraisal only comes back at 300 and you agreed to buy it for 320, you're gonna have to come up with another $20,000 for me, whether the lender loans you any more or not. Uh, well, that's a pretty good workaround for that problem. You really wanna offer 320, okay, put your money where your mouth is, I'm not gonna let you back out of this deal just because the property does not appraise. So that's a way to work around that problem. And just fairly recently, the realtors have caught on to that solution, that workaround, and they've actually come up with a TREC form, Texas Real Estate Commission form. Uh, we use the TREC contract, standard Texas TREC contract, and there's now an addendum to the contract uh, that uh, basically does what I just said. So now realtors have learned this trick as well. And when a realtor has a house listed and somebody offers more than what it's listed for, they can use this addendum concerning the right to terminate due to lender appraisal. In other words, they can sign this little document that says, I don't care if it doesn't appraise, uh, you're gonna have to come up with the difference. You can't just back out and you have to agree to that ahead of time. Now you can set the limit on that. Like you can say, well, you know, if it's if, if you're off by 10,000, you have to come up with the difference. If you're off by 20,000, you know, you only have to come up with 10. You can, you can, you can limit, uh, but this is a great idea, especially right now when you sell a house, uh, whether you're a real estate investor or not, you really wanna know this trick uh, because it can save you a fortune uh, when you get an offer for more than what it was listed for and or the appraisal does not come back. So that is our tip of the week. And if you tune in uh, to uh, hear us uh, every week at Texas Rias, uh, you get another tip uh, like that one that can either make you a lot of money and or save you a lot of money. Uh, and uh, we also post these, of course, on Facebook and on Instagram and YouTube as well. All right, so <clears throat> we are in a highly disrupted market. Uh, it's been a V-shaped recovery 
for single family, right? When the pandemic hit, everybody kind of said, oh, what's going to happen? Nobody quite knew exactly, including Shano and I. We really didn't know exactly what would happen. Uh, but, you know, disruptions create changes and they can be good or bad or depending on which perspective you have, either one, right? Uh, and what's happened because of the pandemic is it has caused the real estate market to go on fire, mostly because of how supply and demand works. And I'm going to explain supply and demand uh, to any of you that didn't take economics. And for those of you that did, here's what I'm going to tell you. Uh, you know, real estate does not follow the economy. Okay, the economy goes up and down independent of real estate. Real estate tends to be a leading indicator, not a lagging indicator. When the real estate market booms, it pulls the economy up. When it, when it crashes, it pulls the economy down, not the other way around. Even during the Great Depression, real estate prices went down all of a great uh, 6%, almost no change at all. Uh, during the, the great pandemic we just went through, real estate prices have gone up like 20%. So uh, yeah, it's not uh, the economy that drives real estate. It's not even interest rates, it's supply and demand. And uh, several disruptions have occurred uh, recently that when you put them all together, you have a tsunami uh, of, uh, of disruption that has created a huge uh, you know, withdrawal of supply with at the same time an increase in demand, which has caused prices to surge. So where are the numbers right now? Well, if you look at 2020 uh, year to year sales volume, uh, 9.4% uh, higher than uh, 2019. Uh, and the forecast for 2021 uh, is expected to go up uh, by another 10%, only 10%. Now, why, if the market is on fire, uh, aren't we selling a lot more houses? Uh, why is that? Well, some people uh, read the headlines and they don't understand what they really mean. Well, you know, in fact, I, I, I saw an article in the, the Wall Street Journal not long ago that says sales are down. What does that mean? The reason less houses are selling is not because there's not a tremendous demand for houses. It's because there's nothing left to buy. It's like you go into the grocery store right after there's been a, a, a storm or a hurricane or something, the shelves are empty. You know, if you if you publish the numbers for the grocery store the next day, what is it going to say? Sales are down. Well, yeah, the sales are way down because there was nothing left to sell. And that's kind of like where we are in the market right now. Uh, 2020 year over year uh, sales uh, prices went up 8.2% uh, versus the year before, uh, 2019. This year, the prices are scheduled or expected uh, forecast to go up by about 20%. Yes, you read those numbers correctly. About 20% is what we're seeing on the trajectory we're on uh, for price increases for the year 2021. Uh, you know, why is it? And it's like I said before, all because of one simple thing, supply and demand, supply and demand. Uh, so why is there no supply? What, what happened to all the houses? Uh, several things. Uh, one thing is uncertainty. When the pandemic hit, uh, everybody said, well, I don't know if it's a good time to be selling our house right now. I think we just need to hunker down uh, and kind of see what happens. Supply goes away. Uh, are the potential buyers going to be healthy? I don't want people walking through my house. They might have, uh, you know, coronavirus. Who knows? Uh, again, the supply goes away. Uh, will that stream of buyers interrupt my day, right? Uh, you know, will I be able to manage, uh, you know, uh, my meetings and, and, and my uh, school schedules and everything uh, for the buyers? It's uh, another constriction on supply. Uh, low interest rates uh, have encouraged buyers, okay? So the buyers want to buy. Uh, but the sellers aren't necessarily keeping up with them. 
the last market ch uh, cycle changed how builders uh, develop. Um, in the last cycle was fueled by subprime lending. Money was free and, and easy. Builders were building like crazy. If they saw a piece of land, let's go build something on it. There's all the money in the world. Uh, and, and, and so they were building like crazy. Uh, and then all the money went away. After the market crashed and the subprime uh, market uh, went away, uh, and a lot of people went broke, uh, frankly, back in 2008, uh, builders are like, yeah, I'm never going to make that mistake again. So now builders are very reluctant. You know, they don't really want to build too many houses. They don't want to get overextended uh, on borrowing money. Money is also harder to get. And if you add up all of those things, uh, you end up in a situation where there's just not as much building going on. And again, that creates uh, limits on supply, on inventory. Uh, labor shortages, right? Immigration policies and all kinds of other things have caused the labor market to get tight, which means it's harder to get people to build houses. Prices have gone up for both labor and materials. Again, it's harder to build a house right now. Uh, and I do build houses and I do a lot of renovations. And I got to tell you, the contractors, they are all fat, dumb and happy. And when I looked at what lumber costs lately at Home Depot, holy tamole. I mean, my gosh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I'm a big investor in gold. I wish I had been an investor in, uh, in, uh, in lumber. Uh, the cities have all gotten difficult to work with, right? They, they, they're, the permitting takes forever. Again, these all constrict supply. We have the Elon effect here in Texas. Texas, uh, you know, guess what? Everybody's moving here. Elon Musk moved here, and I think half of California uh, moved with him. Uh, so there's this surge of demand, but again, supply is not keeping up. Uh, a lot of owners that are even willing to sell their house are saying, wow, houses are going up. I don't think we should sell our house. I think we should just keep it as a rental property. Smart move. Uh, but all those smart moves means, again, not enough supply, not more houses available for purchase. Institutional buyers are actually coming in and buying up thousands of houses here in Texas. Uh, they don't even care if they get a tremendous amount of cash flow out of them. They're just seeing Texas as such a wonderful uh, investment opportunity. They're just dumping hedge funds or dumping bazillions of dollars uh, into single family house uh, Texas real estate. Uh, many houses are not going into foreclosure, even though the pandemic did affect a segment of the population and a segment of the population was not able uh, to continue to pay their mortgages, moratoriums stopped the lenders from foreclosing on them, which means what? They can't sell the house or get the houses foreclosed on, which would have helped put more inventory on the market. Uh, and then on top of all of that, <laughs> call it icing on the cake, depending on whose perspective you have, we just had a one in 40 year uh, ice storm here in Texas uh, <laughs> that caused a lot of damage and also took what's left of whatever little inventory was left uh, to sell. Uh, some of that took off the market as well. So supply and demand. And when you put all of these factors together, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people that want to buy a house here in Texas, but nobody wants to sell a house in Texas. And that has caused the market to catch fire. So what's going on in the big cities? Houston, uh, year over year, prices are up about 20% year over year. Uh, average price, uh, median price house in Houston is almost $300,000. Uh, inventory. What is inventory? Inventory is how many months on average does it take to sell a house? If you take a look at all the houses uh, and, and, and on average how long they take to sell, that's inventory. 
Uh, and right now, Houston has 1.4 months. That's basically about just under six weeks of inventory. It means on average, it takes six weeks or less to sell a house versus 3.4. Now they say if there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you have a buyer's market. Uh, last year, we had a seller's market. This year, <laughs> this year we have a seller's market on uh, steroids. Um, closed sales uh, up 24%, uh, 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 pending sales up 72%, uh, and that's a little bit of, uh, of Houston. Uh, Austin, Austin is the hottest of the very hottest markets there is. Uh, average price house in Austin, I can't even believe this, 400 uh, and $60,000, unbelievable, uh, on average up 42 freaking percent. Now, I'm actually personally pretty excited about that because I actually personally own more than $13 million worth of houses in Austin, Texas, so <laughs> yay, yay, yay. You know, most people say inflation is a bad thing. Well, that's, except for <laughs> the people that own a lot of real estate, uh, we just have another name for inflation. We call it appreciation, and when you get that kind of appreciation in one year, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, inventory, 0.5, yes, you read that correctly, 0 0.5 uh, weeks of inventory. What does that mean? On average, across all prices and all houses in Austin, Texas, it takes less than two weeks to sell a house. Unbelievable. Never seen anything like that before. Uh, closed sales up 37%. Uh, uh, pending sales. Now, this is really fascinating. Right now, there are 1,900, only 1,900 houses available for sale in the entire, you know, 1.8 million uh, size Austin. Uh, 3,900 uh, houses are pending, uh, only 19 are active. There's actually almost twice as many houses that are selling than are actually for sale unbelievable. I mean, just you've never seen anything like that. This is what it looks like when a market is on fire. You know, sometimes it's easy to buy. Sometimes it's easy to sell. It's never easy to sell and easy to buy. But again, you can make money in any market. And this is a market you can make a lot of money in. San Antonio, uh, San Antonio, uh, median price homes, uh, 268. Uh, up uh, between 12 and 15%, depending on if you're looking at the median and the mean. Months of inventory, 1.4, about like Houston, about six weeks. Uh, sales are up. We don't have the exact statistics. We will update these again uh, next week. Uh, DFW, median price home, uh, just under 300,000. Now, this is all the Dallas and Fort Worth. Dallas is actually much higher than that. Fort Worth is a little lower than that, and this is the average of both. Uh, days, uh, I'm sorry, uh, months of inventory, 1.1 takes just over a month to sell a house uh, in Dallas, uh, pending sales up 26%. Uh, active listings down 68%. Why? Again, it's not because of demand. There's plenty of demand. There's just nothing left to buy. Uh, and that's why you're saying the, the number of houses available, everything that was available, the shells are cleaned. There's, there's nothing left, right? And, uh, and that's why you see the active listings are down. So that's what it looks like, my friends, when you are in a real estate market, it's the hottest real estate market uh, ever. And uh, of course, that creates disruptions and opportunities. Uh, and we're going to do some training tonight, and we're going to talk about some of these disruptions and how to take advantage of those disruptions. In fact, do a little commercial right now. We have a workshop coming up uh, on June 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'll tell you more about this a little bit later. Uh, but that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-day workshop. This is The Real Deal, sponsored by Texas Rios. I teach this myself. Uh, we are not some out-of-state road, road show. We are the, the Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. 
Uh, and we're going to take practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step training on all 12 strategies used here in Texas, all 65 marketing methods to find off-market wholesale properties. The deals are not on the MLS. You saw it for yourself. There's nothing left on the MLS, but that's never where real estate investors look for deals anyway. So we're going to show you where you actually find the deals off-market, how you can partner with me and other local experts and access to our funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands of people here in Texas have launched their real estate investing careers at this workshop. The real deal, Texans teaching Texans how to invest in Texas. And I'm going to tell you more about this later. I'm doing a pretty quick commercial for this right now. Uh, but here's the thing. We are doing it right now for free. I mentioned before, we're about to go live again uh, in uh, person. Uh, but for the moment, we're still doing everything online and we're about to sh shift to free. But this will probably be the last time you have an opportunity to come to this workshop and attend it. We're doing it on Zoom for free uh, on uh, June 18th, 19th, and 20th. And you can get it with the TexasStarterKit.com. Now, the starter kit is actually a whole kit that includes training, a personal business plan, a market and money guide, access to uh, Texas RIA's online network where you can find power teams, ask questions, et cetera. Huge set of resources, basically everything you need to get started investing in real estate. And right now we're including two tickets to the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. Uh, you get all of the starter kit. And I'm gonna give you that link again later, so if you don't have time to go for it now, no problem, I'm gonna go through this later. But what I wanna do now is I wanna get into training. And we talked about how we are on a market on fire, uh, so what do you do? You take advantage of the market, and we're gonna go through some training to talk about some of the strategies, some of the training, some of the methods you can use to find deals and do deals. Uh, we call this the top 12 advanced real estate investing strategies for today's Texas market. And again, this is all sponsored by Texas RIAs, the largest network of real estate investor associations in the great state of Texas. Uh, and by the way, we are um, live, I said, on several different channels uh, on the internet, YouTube, uh, Twitch, uh, Instagram, all over the place. Some of those channels actually limit how long you can uh, broadcast for. So if you are uh, uh, on one of those uh, 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 social uh, media platforms, uh, you may get a boot uh, at the one hour mark. Uh, but if you want to keep going, uh, you can actually go to texasrias.com forward slash live, texasrias uh, forward slash live. And um, in texasrias forward slash live, um, you will uh, be able to uh, keep going uh, and uh, see us on GoToWebinar. So I'm going to switch uh, gears here for a minute. So let me, uh, if you don't mind, uh, switch presentations. Uh, got my slides here. And... Um, Boom, 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 boom. I want to make sure I pull up the right slide. Okay, there we go. So let's get into the training. Um, <clears throat> and like I said, there's the link again, texasrias.com forward slash live. Uh, if you want to go past the one hour mark, uh, and I'm going to be talking past the one hour mark. So if you want to keep going, you might want to write that link down uh, and, uh, and join us there. Uh, that, that, that's go to webinar, which goes an infinite amount of time. Okay. Texas RIAs uh, sponsors uh, the uh, RIAs in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Over 87,000 members, attendees, and participants. If you have even the very, very, very slightest interest in real estate, the very, very first thing to do is to go join your local real estate investor association. And the reason for that is because real estate is local. Laws are local. Contracts are local. Contractors 
uh, are local. Buyers and sellers are local. Houses are local. Uh, you know, lenders, uh, title companies, uh, you know, everything. Uh, why does that matter? Well, you know, look, there's 30,000 books out there that teach people how to invest in real estate, and they all talk about how to do it anywhere. Well, how to do it anywhere is how to do it at 30,000 feet. But like I said, real estate is not bought and sold at 30,000 feet. Real estate is bought and sold at uh, zero feet. So if you want to know what laws apply here and what contracts to use here, uh, what neighborhoods to invest in here, and where to find the deals here, and where to get the money and the power teams and resources necessary to make money investing in real estate here, those are all the things that you learn at your local real estate investor association. Uh, and it was 18 years ago when I got started. It wasn't until I joined the local real estate investor association, one of the members, one of the RIAs that is part of this network, uh, that I started to pick up enough of the local details to be able to do this myself. So local. So why am I here? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys today. Your time is valuable, and I'm going to repay you for your valuable time by sharing some very valuable training and information with you. Uh, what are we going to do? Well. <clears throat> I'll tell you where I came from. In 2003, uh, I got started investing in real estate. I was working in a nine to five job uh, that I hated. Uh, and I literally went from working in a nine to five job that I hated uh, to eventually making over a million dollars a year investing in real estate. And I've been doing that for many, 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 many years now. And over the next, oh, maybe 90 minutes, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story, tell you what I did right. I'm also gonna share with you what I did wrong because the best way to learn is not from your mistakes. It's actually from other people's mistakes. Yeah, they say that uh, experience is the toughest teacher there is. You get the test first, uh, and then you get the lesson after. And I'm looking over here to make sure uh, uh, we're uh, broadcasting correctly. Forgive me for moving around a little bit. Uh, so we call that sharing tribal knowledge. We do a lot of sharing tribal knowledge uh, here at the RIA. So we're gonna share a little tribal knowledge uh, you know, and tell you what's working right now and encourage you to be part of this community as well. Uh, so <clears throat> what are we going to learn today? Well, how about nine different strategies to make money in big chunks? Sounds good, right? Well, I'm not just here to sound good. I'm here to teach you. What does this mean? One of the first things you got to know about real estate is it's a transaction-based business. And what does that mean? That means you do this and this and this. You get a check. You do this, this, and this again. You get another check, uh, usually a pretty good check. Uh, and the beauty of real estate is it's a transaction-based business, which means it's scalable. Most people work in a job. The problem, the challenge with a job is a job is fundamentally an exchange of time for money. The reason you can't get wealthy in a job is there's only so much uh, time you can exchange, so many hours in your week, month, year, literally only so many hours left of you of the rest of your life that you can exchange uh, for money working a job. But real estate's not like that. The real estate's transaction-based. You can leverage other people's time, money, uh, and expertise. You do this, 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 you know, you get a check, you do this, 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 again, and you get another check, and there's literally no limit to the number of uh, deals, transactions you can do, because again, you can leverage other people's time, money, and, uh, and, and resources. So it's very, very scalable. We're gonna talk about how to scale up in this business. Uh, what else are we going to learn today? How about how to turn even a small IRA into millions of dollars tax-free? I'm going to demonstrate that right before your eyes. I think you're going to be impressed. Uh, how about how to acquire $10 million in rental properties with little or no money uh, and no credit? My wife and I own over $13 million worth of houses uh, here in Texas. And the majority of that portfolio was purchased, and by the way, I don't even know how much it's worth now because prices went up 40% this year, but the majority uh, of that por portfolio was purchased using a technique I'm gonna be teaching you here tonight, uh, requiring little or no money 
uh, and no credit. If I wanted to buy $10 million worth of houses, traditionally, I'd have to put 20% down every time I bought a house. In other words, I'd have to be a, a, a multimillionaire in order to become a multimillionaire. Well, I was not a multimillionaire when I started investing in real estate. So how was I able to buy $10 million worth of houses? Well, I had to learn how to buy houses with little or no money and no credit. I'm gonna teach you that tonight. Once you learn how to buy houses with little or no money and no credit, then how many houses can you buy? The answer is all of them. Yes, it becomes very, very scalable. I think you're gonna like that trick a lot. That's probably my very best trick. Okay, great. So then how come everybody doesn't make a million dollars a year investing in real estate? Well, there are some problems. So then what are the problems? Uh, first problem is fear. A lot of people are just afraid to do this. And honestly, I was scared to death. Uh, when I got started investing in real estate, I'm afraid I'm going to uh, have to fill out a contract. I'm going to uh, you know, have to uh, call somebody. I'm going to have to borrow some money and, and, and do a deal. And you know, fear paralyzes a lot of people right at the starting blocks. Uh, so yeah, that's a big problem. Uh, I will admit I was scared to death when I got started. Uh, finding deals. Good deals are hard to find. Anybody that tells you that good deals are easy to find is either a liar or a fool. The hardest thing about this business is finding the deals, but I'm going to show you where you look and how you find them. And then finally, doing deals. What I love most about being a real estate investor is there's so many different ways to do it. I'm going to teach a whole bunch of different ways to do this stuff. I promise you're not going to learn watching HGTV. So for most people, these are the problems. Most people never get past these problems. But here's the really good news. This is exactly what the real estate investor associations were set up to do. These are local, long-standing communities of real estate investors sharing resources, local tribal knowledge, camaraderie, helping people get started investing in real estate. So I'm going to help you get past these problems, get started exactly the same way that the RIA helped me get past these problems, get started uh, when I was pretty much going through this same training literally 18 years ago. Okay, disclaimer, let me take a little uh, deep breath here. Uh, this subject matters for educational purposes only. We are not lawyers, CPAs, financial planners, etc. You should always have your contracts, taxes, business plans, etc. reviewed by an attorney and or financial advisor before completing any real estate transactions. Government regulations also require that I disclose that the results that I discuss are not typical results. I am an action taker and have achieved remarkable results, and the investors I talk about are action takers and not your typical average people. I believe average people don't take any action and therefore get zero results. Only you can decide if you're going to be a typical average person or an above average action taker. You know, here in Texas, we have a special saying, and the saying is all hat and no cattle. What does that mean? You know, everybody says they're going to roll up their sleeves. Everybody says they're going to go out and do something. But most people go out and do what? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> Priority of the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of the people make all the money in the world. I think real estate investing is more like the 95-5 rule. It's like 5% of the people make all the money. But the ones that actually roll up their sleeves, the ones that actually get out there and do it, they don't just make the money. They make gobs of money, incredible amounts of money. You know, in this country, almost 80% of the millionaires in this country got their all or in part through investing in real estate. Do you know it's actually really, really difficult to become a millionaire not investing in real estate? But you can't be all hat and no cattle. You do have to roll up your sleeves and you do have to take some action. All right. So <clears throat> fear. Let's talk about those problems, starting with fear. Uh, if this seems a little scary to you, I get it. Uh, I can relate. Uh, in fact, I can help. In fact, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you 
over a million reasons why you don't have to be afraid to be a real estate investor. Because if you look at the names here on the screen, uh, every name you're looking at is a teeny tiny sample of the 87,000 people uh, within this network. But every name you see here is somebody that basically watched the same presentation you're watching right now. Uh, and then with a little help, they became a real estate investor. So I'll tell you some of these stories. I'm not gonna read all of them. Rochelle Swan, pharmacist here in Texas, uh, came to the RIA, uh, learned how to invest in real estate, made $35,000 on her very first deal with, with my help. I helped her, I'm gonna tell you why, right? She is now a real estate investor, Barry Adelman. Uh, Barry Adelman uh, worked for Cisco here in Texas, came to the RIA, learned how to invest in real estate, learned how to flip houses, flipped five houses, made $100,000 and quit his job. He is now a real estate investor. Stephanie Gran uh, worked for Motorola here in Texas, came to the RIA and she partnered on her first deal, made $32,000. Now let's talk about this, partner. Um, most people, how do they get investing in real estate? They reach some book or they watch too many uh, flip the house shows. They're like, honey, let's become real estate investors, right? And then they try to figure out how to do it all on their own. They probably make a lot of mistakes. They don't learn probably anything uh, about how to do it the right way. And then sometimes they even lose money. Well, here's another idea for how to do it. Uh, why not, instead of all that, why not partner with maybe some local expert who's done it hundreds of times before, learn how to do it the right way, and then split the profits? Now, I know what everybody's thinking. Everybody always says the same thing. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would a local expert, wealthy, successful, experienced real estate investor partner with a rookie? Here is a rule of life. If you ever want to do business with somebody operating a higher business stature than yourself, here's the rule. You're gonna to have to help them before they're gonna help you. So how could you help an experienced multimillionaire real estate investor, a successful experienced real estate investor, how could you help them? What could you possibly do to help them? By bringing them a money-making deal. And that's exactly what Stephanie brought to me. She brought me a deal. She said, what do you think of this deal? And I said, that is a money-making deal. And then she said, would you partner on the deal with me? And I said, for 50% of the profits, absolutely. Uh, I got to get 50% of the profits by being the expert. And what did she get? She got to learn how to do it the right way and split the other half of the profits. And then after learning how to do it the right way, she went on and flipped some more houses, made herself $100,000 and quit her job. She is now a real estate investor. And I'll, and I'll tell you just a little bit more about her story. After she makes this money investing in real estate, she goes into work and she puts in her two weeks notice and her boss stops her. Whoa, what are you doing, Stephanie? We like you, we like you. We don't want you to quit. Why are you quitting? And she's like, I can't afford to work here anymore. I make more money investing in real estate. So then the next day, her boss calls me on the phone to have a little chat. Awkward. I'll never forget what he says to me. He says, I want you to teach me what you taught her because I don't want to work here anymore either. And you guessed it, now her boss, Glenn, is a real estate investor and member uh, of the RIA. Okay, just one more story, just one more. Uh, Jared and Leslie Gossett, 20-something newlyweds, they were given a plan. All right, kids, here's your plan. You will go to high school, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree. Uh, you will go to uh, college, you will study, you will graduate, you will get a degree. Uh, and then you're gonna go and get yourself a job and you're working your way through that job and career until you retire. That's the plan. I was given a similar plan. Probably many of you were given a similar plan. Then they sat in the same chairs, well, or they watched the same presentation at least. So you guys are watching right now. At the end of the presentation, these 20 something year old kids, they scratched their heads and they said, well, wait, maybe there's another plan. 
So what did they do? Well, they came to one of the workshops here at the RIA. They learned how to flip houses. And after learning how to flip houses, what did they do? They partnered on two deals in two months. Remember partnering? I partnered with them. They partnered on two deals in two months, made $100,000. And after these 20-something-year-old kids made $100,000 partnering on two deals in two months, they scratched their heads again and they said, oh, we like that plan. In fact, we like that plan a lot. So then what did they do next? Yeah, 35 more. On average, netting, netting is how much you have left after all expenses. On average, netting, 40000 a house. I'll do the math for you. These 20-something-year-old workforce dropouts netted a cool $1.2 bucks getting started on their Plan B. Not bad for a couple of 20-somethings working on a Plan B. They're now real estate investors. So like I said, I'm not going to go through all of, uh, all of these stories, but you're starting to get the idea. I wanted to go through a few of them just so you could see some examples of people that you might relate to. But what's the bottom line here? Look, if you're invited to join a large, local, long-standing community of real estate investors, if you're given access to off-market wholesale real estate to buy, if you're given access to the money, the funds to buy those houses and the resources to fix those houses and flip those houses, if you're given the most advanced training on this planet Earth on exactly how to do all of this right here, right now, using the strategies and techniques, campaigns that have been tested and perfected for two decades on how to do this exactly right here, right now. Uh, if people within the community, such as myself, even offer to partner on deals with you and then split the profits with you, let me ask you a question. Okay, are you afraid to do this, right? Can I cross out the fear? Yeah, I'm going to cross out the fear. This is what I mean. It's much more comfortable, safer, and usually more profitable to get started investing with local experts around you and people you can bounce ideas off of, share resources with, uh, et cetera, and so forth. So I'm going to go ahead and cross out the fear. Here's another question for you. Would you like to be on this slide? Yeah. What do you think I'm doing here? I'm here to train you. And as you're going to see, to help hopefully make you into more uh, participatory members within this community. So, and we're going to show you why that's so important uh, as we go through this. So, uh, speaking of getting started, um, I got started investing real estate in December 15, 2003. That's the day I did my very first deal. Been involved in about 1,200 since then. And I'm going to show you some of the deals that I did that made me some money. So, see, these are some of the deals that made me some money. I did a renovation on a street called uh, 10 Burnham, I uh, flipped a house on a street called uh, Corsair. I uh, did a renovation I kept as a rental property. I still own that to this day. Did an equity partnering deal. Short sale I kept as a homestead and an auction option. I uh, did another uh, flip. Uh, then I did another short sale. Bought a property subject to it. I'm going to talk about that shortly. Uh, another short sale, another assignment, another assignment, another renovation. You know, this is going to be all night. So let me just speed this up. Uh, more uh, short sales and more flips and more subject twos and more renovations and more wholesales and more rental properties. Let me speed this up a lot. Uh, more renovations, more flips, more assignments, more short sales, uh, more wholesales, uh, more <laughs> another rental. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so what's the bottom line here? I do approximately a real estate transaction a week in some shape, form, variety, or another. I do approximately real estate transaction a week. And what that does is it creates money in big chunks. So that sounds good, doesn't it? But again, I'm not just here to sound good. What does that mean? How exactly does that work? Fundamentally, here's how this business works, okay? <laughs> we do marketing. We do things to get people with problems to call us, to find people with problems. Now, some people are like, well, I don't have a problem. 
Well, if you're thinking you don't want any problem, you're thinking you don't want to be an entrepreneur. That's what entrepreneurs do, right? Entrepreneurs help the world by solving the world's problems. Problems are opportunities. We, we just see it different. During the Great Depression, do you know per capita, during the Great Depression, there were more millionaires created than in any other era? Why do you think that was? The Great Depression was the great opportunity for those that saw it that way. So let's get more specific. I don't want to be just general. Let's get specific. I'll give you examples. Um, found somebody facing foreclosure. Big problem. A lot of that going around. Uh, and I gave them an alternative, an out, something called a short sale, allowed them to sell their house without having to bring money to the table, without completely destroying their credit. And I made $16,000 helping somebody solve their problem. REO, real estate owned, bank owned property. Banks do not like to own real estate. So I helped the bank out by taking this property off their hands, fixed it, flipped it, made 36,000. Guy had a legal problem, a house in receivership, had to sell a house by Friday, got in a contract, wholesale it, made $5,000, got a property subject to, we're gonna learn that shortly. Uh, flipped it, made 68,000, pretty good deal. Uh, 5,600 on an assignment, uh, $6,000 profit on a mortgage assignment. 10,000 on a wholesale, 2,800 on a small referral, 20, uh, 12,400 on a large referral. The way this business fundamentally works is as follows. We do marketing, we do things to get people with problems uh, to call us. Uh, and here's the really, really beautiful part, and to find people with problems, uh, for every single different type of problem that exists, let me repeat that, for every single different type of problem, situation that exists, we have a solution for everyone. Uh, that helps the people, is about helping people, solves their problem, gets us paid. We can help motivated sellers. We can help non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the house is worth. We can help them. We can solve the problem. We can get paid. Sometimes we get singles. Sometimes we get doubles. Sometimes we get home runs. Sometimes I work on a lead, a deal, an opportunity, a problem for six months. And after six months, I make $5,000. And I'm like, oh man, six months, $5,000. I could have made more money working at Walmart. Thank goodness I'm not working on just one lead at a time. Sometimes my phone rings and that phone call makes me $55,000 in 48 hours. And I'm like, oh man, I wish every time my phone rang, you know, I made uh, $55,000 in 48 hours. But that's not how it works either. That's maybe one in 100 phone calls. So the question is, how often do you get 100 phone calls? Do you get 100 phone calls a week? Do you get 100 phone calls a month? Do you get 100 phone calls a year? Well, that depends on how much marketing that you do. So what do you got to know to be a real estate investor? There's two essential skills. I'm going to teach you these skills right now. The first and foremost skill is marketing. Marketing is finding the deal, generating the lead. A lead is just a name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. We need to spend 85% of our time and our money on marketing, finding the deal, generating the lead. Next skill we have to learn is Strategy. Strategy is the solution to the problem. It is the product, the service that we offer. We buy houses. We help people sell houses, get rid of houses and mortgages they don't want or can't afford anymore. We do it in a variety of different ways that solves a variety of different problems. So these are the essential skills we have to learn. Marketing and strategy, which is finding deals and doing deals, finding problems and solving problems. We use 65 tested, proven, perfected, refined methods here in Texas of finding off-market wholesale property. We use a dozen different strategies, tested, perfected, and refined strategies to actually help the people solve the problem and get the deal done. Over half of the marketing methods, by the way, are completely free. And nine of the 12 investing strategies are actually no money, no credit strategies. When you learn how to buy, own, and control real estate with little or no money and no credit, then how many properties can you buy? And the answer is all of them. So marketing and strategy, finding deals, 
doing deals, finding problems, solving problems. Let's get started with the marketing. Uh, but actually, first, I'm going to tell you another quick story. This was the very first house that I flipped on December 15th, 2003. And I'll tell you a little story. Uh, on December 14th, 2003, honestly, I was scared to death. Uh, I was actually being coached and mentored by the two guys who ran the Real Estate Investor Association back then. And on December 14, 2003, I called them both on the phone. I'm scared. Are you guys sure this is going to work? I don't want to lose any money. Yeah, it took two seasoned, experienced local experts to, to pull me kicking and screaming over the starting blocks to get me to do that first deal. So if it seems a little scary, I get it. I can relate uh, and I can help. But I actually had one other thing that was motivating me to move forward at that point in my life. I was in a job that I no longer loved and I was in a career that I no longer loved. And uh, you know, I needed to do something different with my life plan. Uh, that's kind of where I was. So where are you? Uh, it's a good question to ask. Uh, do you need to do something different with your life plan? Uh, a lot of people are getting bonuses and things like that at work. But then when you really look at it, you know, and you look at that 401k, is that really going to get you the life you want? Uh, you know, are you really uh, going to reach your potential? You only get one life. You know, is this the one uh, that you're satisfied with? Uh, that was another thing that was driving me. I just didn't feel like I was reaching my potential. Or maybe you just got laid off because of a pandemic. And if that happened to you, I'm going to say congratulations. Uh, now you need something different to do, and that will be part of your motivation uh, to actually take action to make that reality a reality. So that first deal, your first deal, my first deal, is a really important deal. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like your first kiss, right? Uh, a a life-changing event. Everybody remembers their first kiss. Everybody remembers their first deal. Let me tell you about mine took me six months to find my first deal. I was actually an unusually slow starter. I got under contract with a contract I got right here uh, at the RIA. Bought it using OPM, other people's money, private money lender here at the RIA, loaned me the money to buy the house. I uh, got a contractor here at the RIA to fix it. Got a realtor here at the RIA to sell it. Got an attorney and title company here at the RIA to close it. And I went to that very first closing and I picked up that very first check for $15,384 and 26 cents. You know when they handed me that check, it was like you unscrewed the cap, popped out the old brain, popped in the new brain. See, right up until that moment uh, that they handed me that check, I had been a real estate investor based on theory. And I wasn't even sure I believed the theory. I don't know if this is going to work, not sure about this, I don't know about that. But the second they handed me that check, right, I didn't know anything different, but I actually knew it actually worked. So I kind of did know something different. And, and the second they handed me that check, I was no longer a real estate investor based on theory. I became a real estate investor based on experience. And like a switch flipping, instantly my mindset changes. And I realize if I do this and this again, I get another check, right? It worked the first time. And if I do this, this, and this again, I get another check. And if I do this, this, and this again, I get another check. But you know, the really big deal that I realized when they handed me that very first check, right at that moment, I realized that I would never, ever, 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 and I mean ever, and I mean never, ever, ever, for the rest of my life, ever have to work for somebody else, ever again. And I have not worked for anybody else even for five seconds since they handed me that very first check. So if you're new and you're just getting started, here's my first piece of advice. You need to focus your energy like a laser beam on that very first deal, because that very first deal will change your life, mostly 
by changing your mindset. Do steals two, three, four, five, six, and seven. They just get easier and easier and easier. So I told you I was going to tell you what I did right. Uh, but I'm also going to tell you what I did wrong. I actually did make one big mistake right out of the chute. Spent all that time finding the deal. Once I found the deal, I kind of put my marketing on hold. I picked up some hammers, started managing contractors, finished the deal, got the check, only to wake up the next day and realize I had absolutely nothing to do uh, except start the whole business all over again. And that gets me to my very first takeaway. And here it is. And this is the big one. The business of being a real estate investor is the business of finding deals. It's all about finding deals. Why? Because you make the money on the buy. What does that mean? As soon as you find a property and get it under contract, whatever money was going to be made or not made on that deal, it's done right there. Just like that, done. Right? Yeah, you get the money at the end on the sell, but you make the money on the buy. You always have to spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, looking for the next deal. And you have to approach this with the mindset that your next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. If you don't approach it that way, here's what happens. And I see this happen to a lot of the rookies. You do a deal, you make some money, great, but you stopped your marketing. So you reset the marketing, eventually you get it going again, you find another deal, you do a deal, you make some money, great, but you stop your marketing, right? So you reset the marketing, eventually you get it going again, you go look at it and find another deal, you do a deal, you make some money, great, but you stop the marketing. Your income goes up and down and up and down with big gaps, right? You want your income to go up, 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 up. And the only way to do that is you have to constantly keep that pipeline filled with deals. And the way you do that is you always, and I mean always, spend 85% of your time and or money on marketing, right? Looking for the next deal with the attitude that the next deal is always more important than the deal you have now. And hint, if you haven't figured it out by now, the deals you are looking for are not in the MLS. The MLS, multiple listing service, it's the retail market for real estate. It's where realtors sell real estate. It's where all the people in the world compete with each other to see who will pay the most. And when you're competing against all the people in the world, I hate to say it, but some of those people are stupid. And you don't want to compete against stupid. At least you don't want to win competing against stupid. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I love the MLS. I adore the MLS. Why do I love and adore the MLS? Okay, because after I buy off-market wholesale real estate, where do I then want to sell it? On the MLS, where it has been proven and I mean proven, that any property will, will sell for the most it could possibly be sold for on the MLS. It's just never where you're going to find heavily discounted uh, wholesale real estate. The very, very best deal in the entire MLS is rarely a deal a real estate investor would take a second look at. So finding deals, finding deals. Once I realized this whole shoot and match uh, is really about finding deals, then I started to systematize the process of finding deals. And over time, I developed 65 different methods for finding deals. Now, actually, it's not totally accurate to say I developed 65 different methods. What would probably be more accurate is to say I found 65 things that worked and I started to do those things. Uh, in fact, I'm going to teach you all a really important lesson, maybe the most important lesson I'm going to teach you tonight. But for me to teach you this next lesson, first, I need to unteach you all something. I need to unteach you all something. When you guys are in elementary school, if you looked over the paper next to you and you copied down the answers, that was called what? That was called cheating. And you're all told that cheating is what? Cheating is wrong. Cheating is bad. Okay, we're not a bunch of little kids. We're not in elementary school anymore. I need you all to unlearn that. Because going forward, guess what? 
Yeah, cheating is a shortcut, okay? What am I saying up here? You know, what I'm trying to say is this, there's nothing that you are trying to do, there's absolutely nothing that you are trying to figure out that I and other people haven't already done and figured out. Absolutely everything, and I mean everything, and I mean everything about this business is completely understood. We know what's in the soil. We know the zoning. We know the guys who write the freaking zoning. <laughs> we know the appreciation rate by freaking street address in all the major metropolitan cities here in Texas. We know the laws, the rules, the marketing. We know exactly which letters to send to which mailing list. We know exactly what words to say when somebody talks to us. We even know how many offers are gonna accepted, get accepted for every thousand letters that get sent out, okay? Everything, and I mean everything, and I mean everything about this business is completely understood. So once I realized that everything I was trying to do and everything I was trying to figure out, other people had done and figured out, I stopped trying to figure everything out and I just started to copy, right, the top 65 tested and proven ways to find these deals. Now, some of these campaigns methods take time. Some of these campaigns and methods take money. Uh, when you get started, you probably have more time and less money. Once you get going, you find yourself with more money and less time. I don't spend actually any time, honestly, at all anymore on marketing. I outsource it all. Uh, but when you're getting started, you're probably going to insource uh, most of it. So what are all these different marketing methods? Well, let me teach you a whole bunch. First set of strategies has to do with direct mail. This is sending letters and postcards saying, I want to buy your house, right? Call me to lists of people that have problems. And some of them will call you back. And those are called leads and they'll tell you what their problem is. And you know what, for every single problem that exists, we have a solution, a strategy that helps them solve the problem, gets us paid. And some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. So what are these mailing lists? Well, you can get a list of people, for example, that didn't pay their property taxes, uh, people that are late paying their, their mortgage, uh, people that have filed for divorce, two people were combining their income to pay a mortgage. Now one of them's gone. Well, the one that's left is probably gonna have trouble paying the mortgage by themselves. You can get a list of people who've inherited a house from somebody that passed away. People's credit scores just went down 300 points. People that just got dismissed from bankruptcy, certainly a lot of financial distress there. You can get a non-owner occupant list, a list of people own houses. They, they, don't, they don't live in themselves. Technically, they're landlords and a lot of them uh, are accidental landlords. They just moved away, let an ex-spouse, family member, friend, neighbor stay in a house, or they inherited a house with a tenant in it. They really don't know anything about being a real estate investor. Eventually, they become uh, motivated sellers. You get a list of people who rent to people on public assistance. You get a code enforcement list. You know the city's already driving around, issuing citations for deferred maintenance houses, abandoned houses, uh, and you can get a list of all those problem properties from the city. You can even get an expired listing list. There's a list of people who hired a realtor, tried to sell in the MLS, and it didn't sell. So what do we know about these people? 100% of these people would like to sell their house, probably now more than ever, but they need solutions realtors don't offer. Well, hello, <laughs> that's exactly what we do. So if you send letters and postcards to these lists of people with problems, some of them will call you back, right? Those are called leads. Make them an offer that solves a problem. We have an offer for every problem, uh, some of them will say yes, and those are called deals. Uh, with the website, you can get leads on the internet, bayonet signs, 18 by 24 inch core plastic signs say, we buy houses. Why do you see those signs along the side of the road? Because they actually uh, work. Newspaper ads still work, email autoresponders, magnetic signs, they'll sign on the side of your car, you buy the sign once, you get leads for the rest of your life. Uh, you don't want to pay the postage for 10 cents a door, you can have a door hanger hung on every door in a neighborhood. Uh, here's one that's pretty much free. Driving for dollars. Uh, sometimes I'm driving around and I see a tarp on a roof. You know, they might as well be waving a big red flag. Desperate motivated seller, please buy my house. I mean, think about this. Somebody's most valuable asset 
a house has a serious problem, a leak, and their solution was to go buy a $5 tarp at Home Depot. Well, how come they just didn't fix the roof, right? No money. The same guy that's not fixing the roof, not paying the insurance, not paying the taxes, probably not paying the mortgage sooner or later, an investor is going to pick up that deal. All right, what are the other marketing methods? Oh, wait, we have a special announcement, special announcement. Actually, I kind of told you a little bit about that earlier. Uh, yeah, we have a workshop coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, June 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'm going to be teaching it myself, the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. You want to get to become a real estate investor by going through all the nitty gritty details. We're going to talk about practical, actionable, step-by-step -step training uh, on all 12 real estate investing strategies, all 65 tested proven marketing methods. Uh, the 10 sales uh, uh, closes, the exact words to say, uh, access to money and partners. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of Texas real estate investors have launched their real estate investing careers at this workshop, The Real Deal Texans, Teaching Texans How to Invest in Texas Using Strategies that Work Here. Uh, and you can come to the workshop at this moment for free. I mentioned this earlier. We're actually going to be doing this on Zoom. Uh, when I say thousands and thousands of people have become real estate investors due to this workshop, they paid to come and attend the workshop. Uh, we're actually going to do the workshop for free due to the pandemic. Uh, you can get the tickets to the workshop at TexasStarterKit.com. Uh, Life-changing experience. I'll go through more details on the Starter Kit. The Starter Kit includes more than just the workshop. There's a whole bunch of really powerful goodies in there. Business plan, money resource guide, access to Texas Rios, questions, etc. Um, that you can get answered. Uh, so yes, uh, TexasStarterKit.com. Write the uh, link down and go there now. Uh, I know people are kind of getting on and getting off uh, on social media, so I did want to put that out there. If you're ready to become a real estate investor, if you want to take advantage of this disruption that is the once in a probably lifetime situation we're going through right now, uh, you're going to be able to learn how to do that exactly in detail with all the resources to go with it. Uh, at this workshop on June 18th, 19th, and 20th. And if you'd like to attend, we're doing it even for free, and you can register at TexasStarterKit.com. So we got lots more training to do. Let's get back to the training, and we were in the middle of going through the marketing. So what else? Letters of intent. What is a letter of intent? A letter of intent is an offer. Who should you send an offer to? And the answer is everybody, okay? Uh, in fact, I'm going to give you all a homework assignment. Tomorrow, I want you to send 200 people an offer on their house. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Here's how investors think. Ready, fire, aim. You make the offer, and then you negotiate. You make the offer, and then you look for the money. You make the offer, and then you do your due diligence. You make the offer, and then you think about it. You should make everybody an offer. Why not? Do you know that here in Texas, every time you make somebody an offer, do you know you actually get four different offers, four different options when you make somebody an offer? What are your four different options? Offer option number one, you can buy a house. You now have an opportunity you didn't have before. It's called taking a shot. Do you know if you take enough shots on goal, you know what happens? Some of them go in. Even if you suck, some of them go in. And with practice, you get better. Option number two, you can terminate the offer. Do you know the Texas state contract gives the buyer the unilateral right to just rip it up and walk away? No harm, no foul. Option number three, you can renegotiate the offer. Do you know that it's much, 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 much easier to renegotiate than it is to negotiate? Option number four, you can sell your contract to somebody else that has money. 
Notice only one of those four options required you to come up with any money and to buy a house. Just make offers, right? Give yourself options. Uh, business cards, FISBO for sale by owner, cold calling, people trying to sell their house on their own. Why would they do that? A lot of them need solutions realtors don't offer. Uh, mass media, television, radio, billboards, expensive but effective, especially when you do it with others, past referrals, other investors. Sometimes the best way to find a deal is to get other investors to find the deal for you. By the way, do you all know what I'm doing up here right now? What do you suppose I am doing here right now? Yeah, marketing, marketing. Yeah, this is called marketing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at some different screens in front of me and I'm going to guesstimate based on the number of people that are watching me right now. I will probably partner on no less than one, two, three deals with somebody listening to me right now sometime over the next 12 months. Average net profit on a deal, 40 grand, my share, 20 grand, means as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now, I should be able to put an extra 20 plus 20 plus 20, an extra $60,000 in my pocket sometime over the next 12 months as a result of the presentation I'm giving right now. Not bad. Better than a poke in the eye with a stick, wouldn't you all agree? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you can all do exactly the same thing. Because there's people on this call and there's people in this network that have deals that are looking for money. There's people on this call and there's people in this network that have money that are looking for deals. Some people want fix and flip, some people want wholesale, some people want retails, some people want uh, uh, buy and holds, uh, some people want short sales, uh, some people want equity partnering deals, some people want Austin, some people want Dallas, some people want Houston, uh, some people want San Antonio, some people want El Paso. All of the people, by the way, in this network are all interconnected through an online network. And do you know that multiple times a day, multiple times a day, and thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last uh, over decade, the members of this community post their deals, questions, offers, resources, referrals, back and forth over that uh, online network? I said earlier, guys, you're not going to find your deal in the MLS. That's ridiculous. That's the retail marketplace. That's the retail pond. That's the pond with the small fish. You need to fish in the wholesale pond. So then where's the wholesale pond? You're sitting in it. Yes, a large network of real estate investors, horse trading, wholesaling properties back and forth. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace here in Texas. Realtors, let's have the talk. I love realtors. My friends are realtors. Uh, I'm not a realtor, uh, but, but, uh, but realtors are great. They're swell. But here's the thing. When realtors go to realtor school and they take all the training they have to take to become realtors, uh, they watch all the videos, they attend all the classes, they get all the tests, not a single test question that they're given, not a single class they attend, not a single book they read, not a single video they watch has anything in any way, shape, or form whatsoever to do with wholesale real estate. So let me ask you guys a question. Are we here to buy wholesale or are we here to buy retail? Okay, yeah, wholesale. So why is this a problem? Here's the problem. Every day across a fruited plain, People watch one of those stupid flip the house shows on TV and the conversation at home goes down something like this. Honey, honey, we need to become real estate investors. Okay, great. What do we need to do? I don't know. We need to go, I guess, go buy a house. Okay, great. How do we do that? I don't know. I guess we should call a realtor. So now you got this brand new real estate investor, right? Has no idea what they're doing. Uh, calling up a realtor who knows absolutely nothing about wholesale real estate and say perfect, if not textbook example of the blind leading the blind. And they can both waste incredible amounts of each other's time until somebody figures it out. You're not going to find your deal 
with the help of a, of a retail. Real, realtors sell houses with the help of a realtor. Realtors sell houses from the MLS, from the retail marketplace. You need to buy wholesale, off-market wholesale properties, right? Where do you find the wholesale marketplace? Well, you go direct, right, to the problem, or you do direct marketing to the problem. You fish in the wholesale marketplace, right? Uh, that's where you find wholesale properties. Okay, HUDs and REOs. REO stands for real estate owned, bank owned property. Another common rookie mistake. Rookies hear the word uh, foreclosure, bank foreclosure, and they're like, oh, foreclosure is a deal, foreclosure is a deal. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. When a bank forecloses on a property, here's what they do. They call a realtor, it's actually pretty smart. It's called an REO realtor. They say, stick it on the MLS and bring me the idiot that pays the most. I don't want that to be you. We don't want foreclosures, we want pre-foreclosures. We need to go buy them before they go back to the bank. Okay, how do you do that? Again, you fish in the wholesale marketplace, right? You go direct market to the problem. Or here's another idea. On the first Tuesday of the month, rain, shine, holiday or not, everybody that didn't pay their mortgage gets auctioned off at the county courthouse steps in every county courthouse in the state. And do you know that you can actually get a list of all the houses going to the auction? You go knock on their door before the auction, and you can often buy the house before the auction for less than it sells at, at the auction. Why? Because you're not bidding against 300 other guys. Uh, wholesaling, okay, let's have the talk. There's a lot of horse trading and wholesaling that goes on amongst real estate investors, and that's good, but we always issue a little warning to go along with it. So what's the warning? Here's the warning. Nobody will love your money more than you. Okay, so what does that mean? It means you always have to do your own due diligence. You have to do your own due diligence. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, here's the thing. Um, when a wholesaler sends you a deal, uh, like in an email, it says, here's a deal, this house is worth $100,000. Okay, when a wholesaler sends you a little report showing a house is worth 100000 how much is that house really going to be worth? 80 max. And then a wholesaler says, oh, this only needs 20000 repairs. Well, how much is it going to cost you to repair? 40 minimum. And then the wholesaler says, oh, it's your lucky day for a $5,000 non-refundable deposit. This lucky deal can be yours. You put down that $5,000 non-refundable deposit, I guarantee with about a 19 out of 20 chance that I'm right, because I've been doing this a long time, you will be losing a lot more than $5,000 on that deal. It is fiction, folks. Please don't believe fiction for a minute. When a wholesaler sends me a deal, I briefly look at all their numbers and I throw the numbers in the trash. And then I run my own numbers. And the only reason I even looked at the numbers before I throw them in the trash is because I kind of want to know how much they were lying to me when I compare it to the real numbers. So I'm going to use some strong words. I obviously feel kind of strongly about this. It would be really stupid to ever buy real estate based on the information about the real estate being provided to you by the person trying to sell the real estate to you. Okay, don't do that. I said earlier, your first deal is your most important deal, and that's true. But if you lose money on your very first deal, man, at the end of that deal, 100% of your real estate investing experience will have been bad and you'll probably never come back for more. So I don't want, to, I don't want that to happen. So you gotta always run your own numbers and do your own due diligence. If you don't know how to do that, we will teach you here at the REA exactly how to do that. It's not hard and we will teach you at the workshop how to do that. Uh, bird dogs, Craigslist, social media, friends, family, et cetera. Why are there so many different marketing methods? Well, would you rather fish with a hook or would you rather fish with a net, okay? You need to learn to fish with a net. And the reason is because this business is a numbers game, and now I'm gonna teach you the numbers. I'm gonna teach you something right now that it took me two years of hard work in the trenches to figure out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave two years of your learning curve off right now. 
By 2005, I had been a real estate investor for two years. And I calculated in my first two years, I had generated about 400 leads. A lead is just the name and number of somebody that might want to sell real estate. So I'd been talking to somebody every couple of days, and then I did the math. And here's what I discovered. As a rookie, let me take a sip here. Okay, <clears throat> as a rookie, this is what I discovered. On average, for every $100 I spent on paid marketing, things like direct mail, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. As a rookie, on average, for every three hours I spent on personal marketing, free marketing, things like driving for dollars, I got one qualified motivated seller lead. Then I discovered that as a rookie, very conservatively, on average, for every 20 leads I got, I made at least $20,000 net profit on a deal. So let me run the numbers and do the math for you. That means as a rookie, every time I drove around for 60 hours, I made at least $20,000 net profit. Means as a rookie, every time I spent $2,000 on direct mail, uh, I made at least $20,000 net profit. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $2,000, make $20. Spend $4,000, make $40. Spend $8,000, make $80. Spend $16,000, make $160. Spend $32,000, you don't have to spend it all at once, by the way, make $320,000 net profit. Are you starting to like the numbers? Yeah, <laughs> like I said, it's a numbers game. It took me two years of hard work in the trenches to figure that out. But after two years in the trenches, what I realized is, holy cow, this business is just a numbers game, and now I know the numbers. And I started to think about this business in a very different way. After I realized that it's a numbers game and what the numbers were, I now see this business like it's just a little black box. And I call that little black box a marketing machine. And the way that little black box works is every time I stick $100 worth of marketing in one end, eventually $1,000 worth of net profit pops out the other end. Now, if you had a little black box and every time you shoved $100 in one end, $1,000 popped out the other end, how many dollars would you stick in the box? Yeah, all of them, right? And, and how much did I start spending on marketing? I started spending thousands and then tens of thousands of dollars a month on marketing because I finally knew the numbers. Uh, sometime later, I actually wrote a book, uh, The Definitive Real Estate Guide. We're not actually selling any books tonight. Uh, we're gonna start giving this away at the live meetings pretty soon. Uh, but uh, we're not here to sell any books tonight, but I am here to tell you uh, and repeat what I said before, uh, everything you were trying to do and everything you were trying to figure out, I and other people have done and figured out. What is the shortcut? Copy stuff that's already been figured out. That's the shortcut. Okay, so we are right at the halfway point in this presentation. We're about to get into the strategies, but I said earlier, my job is to make you all into educated and contributing members of this community. And we actually really want you to be educating contributing members of this community. Uh, why? This RIA network has been around for a long time and we meet multiple times a month and there's always new people showing up at the RIA and we call the new people tourists, right? There's nothing wrong with that. They're kind of checking it out, what's going on back there. But we figured out something a long time ago, nobody makes any money being a tourist, okay? <laughs> people make money when they actually roll up their sleeves and do stuff. Uh, yeah, but there's a problem. Uh, and what's the problem? I, unfortunately, I can't turn somebody uh, into a real estate investor in 45 minutes. If I, if I figured out how to sprinkle pixie dust on somebody's head and turn them into a real estate investor in 45 minutes, yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't know how to do that. But I can, and I have on numerous occasions, turn people into real estate investors over a period of 24 hours. Or maybe more accurately saying, 24 hours spread over three days, getting through all the nitty gritty details of how to actually do this right here in Texas. So something again, we do here at the RIA, uh, sponsored by Texas RIAs, is RIA, the RIA sponsored the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. This is the real deal. 
I teach this myself with a group of local Texas real estate investors, practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training. Uh, we don't teach you one or two strategies. We teach all 12 strategies used here in Texas to make money flipping houses and buying and selling and, and, and wholesaling and doing all the things we make money on here in Texas. We teach all 65 tested, proven, perfected, refined methods of finding off-market wholesale property. We teach 10 different sales closes. I'll demonstrate that shortly. The exact words to say, this is science, folks. It's been figured out to get somebody to uh, sign your contract, do a deal with you. Uh, you can learn how to partner with me. Remember, we talked about that. Uh, great way to get started. Uh, how to access our funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, of local Texans have learned how to become real estate investors as a result of this workshop, Real Deal Texans, Teaching Texans, how to invest in Texas using strategies that work here. And it's coming up for free. How cool is that? Uh, on June 18th, 19th, 20th, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days. I'm going to be teaching it myself. Uh, in fact, I'm doing something super cool at this workshop. Talk about technology and what's capable of being done now. Um, I've actually invited several Texas real estate investors who learned from scratch how to invest in real estate at this exact workshop. Uh, we put out a message to say, hey, who's got a deal that you can share uh, on the tour? We're gonna do a property tour. So we're gonna literally have people walking through houses with videos and showing you how they found their deal and negotiated the deal and financed the deal, the decisions they made, exit strategies, uh, money they made, and we'll do Q&A sessions. That's experiential learning. Best way in the world is to learn from local experts and be able to interact and ask and see for yourself. Uh, experiential learning. And I will tell you right now, some of these people are now multi-millionaires, and mark my words, some of these people that are actually presenting deals are actually multi-millionaires directly as a result of attending this exact workshop. So talk about the real deal. I'm actually going to show you people, uh, and they volunteer to come back and talk and show their deals as well. So we're doing it on uh, June 18th, 19th, and 20th. It is free, and you can get it with the starter kit. Like I said, later I'll tell you all the goodies that are part of the starter kit, but TexasStarterKit.com. Or if you're watching on Zoom or one of the other, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 let's see, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, podcasters, there's probably a link somewhere around this video, and you can click on that. Uh, and that'll get you to the starter kit as well. And, and the starter kit includes really a whole bunch of goodies, and I'll go through all the goodies that are part of the starter kit as well. So June 18th, 19th, and 20th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all day, three days. We'll go a little late on Friday, Saturday. We'll end up a little earlier on Sunday, but it's 24 hours packed over three days, and it's free, so can't beat the price uh, on that. And let's get back to work. So TexasStarterKit.com, go there now and or read, uh, uh, write that down so you can go there later. So we talked about fear, right? And we crossed that one out and talked about how the RIA can get people started and get past their fears. We talked about how to find the deals, right? Finding deals, marketing, cross that one out. Now what I want to get into is arguably the most interesting part of the presentation, which is how to actually do the deals. I'm going to show you some ways to actually do the deals. Uh, so, marketing check, let's get into the strategies. All right. There's a lot of books and tapes out there that teach people how to invest in real estate. 
Uh, and you can go and find books and videos and training classes and seminars on how to do short sales, how to do uh, buy and hold, how to do uh, mortgage assignments, how to do auction options, how to do referrals, how to do wholesaling contracts for deeds, how to do lease options, uh, how to do house swapping, wraparound mortgages, how to do equity partnering, and of course, how to do fix and flip. And you can certainly spend a lot of time and money on all that training and education. In fact, my wife and I have actually spent over $100,000 on training, coaching, seminars, books, tapes, et cetera. Most of it was great. Uh, some of it was not great, it all sounded great, but I don't feel bad about spending over $100,000 on my education because we've actually made many millions of dollars from our education. But I do have a little pet peeve at how most people teach and how most people get started. Because when you look at all of this different training out there, all these different strategies, here's the good news. They all work. All of these things can make you money investing in real estate. That's the good news. The bad news is they each only work in unique situations. Each one of these strategies is the solution to a specific problem or situation. Right, now, collectively, you got problems, uh, solutions, all the problems, but each one of these strategies is individually a solution to a specific problem or situation. But remember what I said earlier, your job one is to find the deal. So here's a hunter hunting for a deal. Maybe he's sending out some letters, doing some driving for dollars, and he gets a lead. A lead is the name and number of somebody that might want to sell a property. And uh, so he gets his lead, starts talking to this seller, and well, you know, if he had gotten the right training, maybe attended the right workshop, he would have learned how to help the seller solve their problem by doing something called a wrap-around mortgage. That is the solution to that lead, but that's not the training he got. He went to one of those silly wholesale seminars and all he learned how to do is wholesaling. So he's looking for a wholesale deal, didn't find a wholesale deal, he found a wrap deal, doesn't know how to do a wrap. So what does he do with that lead? He walks away and he goes and generates another lead. And, and now, if he'd only gotten the right training, he, he could learn how to help a seller solve their problem by doing a mortgage assignment. But again, that's not the training he got. He just went to one of those silly wholesale seminars. All he learned how to do was wholesaling. So he's still looking for a wholesale deal. Didn't find a wholesale deal for one. He found a mortgage assignment deal. Doesn't know how to do that. So what does he do? He does some more marketing, generates another lead. Now, if he only knew how to do an auction option, if he knew how to do that, he could solve a big problem, get a big check, but again, he doesn't know how to do an auction option. All he knows how to do is wholesaling, and he's still looking for his wholesale deal. Are you starting to see a problem? Okay, what's the problem? There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to get started investing in real estate, and they all pretty much uh, say the same thing. You need to get started by learning one strategy, and this is the best one. No, this is the best one. No, this is the best one. Well, whatever. You need to pick a strategy, learn that strategy, make money on that strategy, and then after you learn how to make money on that strategy, then maybe later you can learn some other strategies. And it sounds pretty good, uh, and it feels pretty good, but forgive my language when I say this, that is a completely ass-backwards way to go about this. Saying that you need to get started by learning one strategy, learn how to make money on one strategy before you learn the other strategy, that's kind of like saying you need to go to Las Vegas and learn how to bet on one number on the roulette wheel. And after you make enough money betting over and over and over again on one number of the roulette wheel, well, then later you can learn how the other numbers work. Well, that's ridiculous. And yet that's how 95% of real estate investors get started investing in real estate. Is it no surprise that 95% of real estate investors give up right, before they ever get started investing in real estate? That's how the bottom 95% get started. I'm going to teach you how the top 5% do it. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, do it the way I do it, do the way the top 5% do it, because they're the ones that make all the money. So here's how I do it, and here's how I'm going to teach you how to do it as well. I bet on all the numbers on the wheel, and then I spin the wheel a lot. 
what do I mean by I bet on all the numbers on the wheel? I use all 12 strategies and I teach all 12 strategies. Why not learn all 12 ways to fill out a contract? Why not learn all 12 ways to solve a problem? You spend time and money, it's called marketing, to get somebody with a problem to call you. If there's a way to help them and solve their problem and get paid, you need to help them and solve the problem and get paid. And once you know all 12 strategies, we have a strategy, a solution to every conceivable problem there is. There is no exception. We can help motivated sellers, non-motivated sellers. We can help people that own their houses free and clear. We can help people that are hopelessly underwater where they owe more money than the house is worth. We can help them. We can solve the problem. We can get paid. Spin the wheel a lot means just take a lot of shots on goal, make a lot of offers, do a lot of marketing, look at a lot of deals. So you got to know all the different strategies. I'm going to teach you all the different strategies. So let's get into the strategies. Uh, actually, I'm going to tell you one more story real quick. This was my first big deal. This was my first big deal. After I was a real estate investor for just over two years, I flipped this house. Uh, it actually made 291,000 net profit, pretty good profit flipping this house. But the more interesting part of the story is I was actually the eighth investor at bat. What does that mean? Seven other real estate investors looked at this deal before me and passed on the deal. How's that possible? How could seven different real estate investors pass on a deal, an opportunity to make almost $300,000 flipping a house? How's that even possible? I'm going to tell you it's not just possible, it's typical. Let me tell you the rest of the story. First investor walks into this house, says, I'd love to buy your house. Your house is underwater. You owe more money than the house is worth. You can't even afford to sell me your house. Second investor walks into this house and says, well, I'd love to buy your house, but you're in bankruptcy. I can't buy a house from somebody in bankruptcy. Third investor walks into this house and says, well, I can help you avoid a foreclosure by doing something called a short sale, but I can't do that while you're in bankruptcy. And you also have a mid-construction project here, and I just don't do uh, mid-construction projects. I walked into this house and I said, my, oh my, oh my, you have a lot of big problems here, don't you? Uh, big problem means what? big opportunity. You know, it took one, two, three different strategies to solve this guy's problem. I solved the problem. I got the check. My competition was a bunch of one-trick ponies. Most of my competitors are a bunch of one-trick ponies. There's 30,000 books and tapes and seminars out there that teach people how to be one-trick ponies. One-trick ponies are annoying. They get in the way at times, but they don't last long. Guys, if you think you're going to find, uh, you know, properties uh, just sitting around waiting for you, uh, hanging on trees that are at big discounts. Yeah, you're smoking crack. OK, this is what opportunity looks like. Uh, a big bundle of problems with a nice, pretty bow wrapped around it. So I'll tell you another story. One of my students recently bought one of those $150,000 Teslas, paid cash for it, and he calls it his air car. Air car, H-E-I-R, air car. Yeah, somebody died without a will. But they did have 42 heirs. And everybody said, you know, there's no way, no way, man. There's just no way, uh, you know, you're going to get 42 people to agree on something. Big problem. Well, he rolled up his sleeves and it took a little work. But eventually he convinced 42 people that a little bit of something is a whole lot better than a whole lot of nothing. Right now he's driving around in a $150,000 air car. Problems are opportunities. If you're thinking, I don't want any problems, you, you got to change your mindset, right? Big, big problems are big opportunities. So we got to find these things, right? These problems and then acquire the specialized knowledge. That's what we do as entrepreneurs, as real estate investors to help people solve problems. So let's get into the strategies. Okay. Uh, yeah. My competition was a bunch of one trick ponies. Don't be a one trick pony. So how do you do that? You got to know all the strategies. Let's teach you some strategies. First strategy I'm going to teach you tonight is wholesaling arguably the easiest one to teach. 
Uh, so I might as well go ahead and teach it to you right now. Nothing wrong with wholesaling. It, it, it is the easiest thing to teach. Unfortunately, if you just do wholesaling, you're not going to make enough money uh, to, 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 to sustain being a real estate investor. And, and one of the big problems with people when they get started or teach people to get started, they say, oh, just get started with wholesaling. And when I hear people say that, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, the, you're, you're, the people that just get started with wholesaling, they all give up before they ever make enough money to keep going. So yes, do wholesaling, but also do all the other strategies as well. So how does wholesaling work? You simply find a property and get it under contract. Okay, uh, how much does that cost? Nothing. I think we can all afford that. And then after you get it under contract, instead of buying the property, you're going to sell your contract. It's called your equitable interest. You're going to sell your right to buy that property to another investor uh, in exchange for a fee. Uh, what's the typical fee? 500 to 5,000 on a small deal, 10 to 25,000 on an average deal, $25,000 or more uh, on a big deal. And this, my friends, is a no money, no risk strategy. Nine of the 12 strategies we use are all no money, no risk strategies. So let me show you an actual example. Uh, this is Kimberly. Kimberly was watching the exact same presentation you're watching right now. She came to the workshop. She paid, but she came to the workshop, learned how to invest, right? And then she went out and, and, and did it. And she told me about this deal after it went down. I'm going to share it with you. Um, her mom was visiting her from out of town. So she's in the car with her mom and her mom says, Kim, where are we going? Oh, well, mom, we're going to get a house under contract. What? Kim, are you crazy? You just graduated from college. You don't have any money. You don't have any credit. You don't even have a job. What do you mean you're getting a house under contract? Don't worry, mom. I know what I'm doing. So Kim's mom watched Kim walk into this house here in the picture and offer the seller $265,000 cash for his house. And he signed the contract on the spot. Now, obviously, uh, he was a motivated seller. Obviously, uh, he talked to her on the phone ahead of time. Uh, Kim then took that contract and she posted it out to this network. Remember I said thousands of times over the last decade, uh, you know, dozens of times a day, thousands of times over the last decade, people post their deals, questions, offers, resources, et cetera. Kim posted this deal out to the network and guess what? Several other investors in the network wanted to buy that deal, that contract from Kim. And one of the other investors in the network paid Kim $17,000 for a contract. Kim just sold her contract, her rights to the, the deal, to another investor for $17,000. Now Kim is a believer. Well, actually, Kim was a believer. Now Kim's mom is a believer. So now, what would Kim have done with that contract had nobody wanted to have bought, bought that contract? What would she have then done with the contract? Whoosh, ripped it up and walked away. No harm, no foul. But she didn't need to, did she? Now, the other investor in the network that bought the contract from Kim was a woman by the name of Tatiana. Let me tell you about Tatiana. Tatiana paid Kim $17,000 for the contract. It then became Tatiana's contract. Tatiana then bought the property for $265,000. She had the cash. She kept it for six months as a month-to-month -month rental. And then after the tenants moved out, she did a renovation and a small addition. And then she sold it after owning it for 12 months. And when she sold it, she made almost $100,000 net profit. And she only had to pay long-term capital gains taxes on no income tax. Do so you think Tatiana was pretty happy uh, that Kim uh, basically uh, uh, sold that contract to her? Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. You know, you're starting to see why we want you and need you and we'll even train you on how to be educating contributing members of this community. Uh, so let me ask you a question. And here's the question. Uh, are you a cash buyer? Uh, are you a cash buyer? Of course you're a cash buyer. <laughs> you know, how much cash do you have to have to be a cash buyer? None. 
how much cash do you have to have to make a cash offer? None. You don't have to have any cash to be a cash buyer. You don't have to have any cash to make a cash offer. You just need to know people with cash. So let me ask you another question. Uh, do any of you know somebody you could call if you get a smoking hot deal to buy a property for a big discount for cash? Does anybody know somebody you could call? Yeah, what do you think I'm doing up here? Okay, <laughs> you know, and, and in fairness, there's hundreds of guys just like me out on that network that would be pleased as punch, right? If you got out there, found some properties and pitched them back to the group. That's why we need you. That's why we'll even train you on how to be educated and contributing members. So you are all cash buyers. And by the way, the RIA, Real Estate Investor Association, instantly puts the people with money in connection with the people with the deals. Instantly puts the people with the deals in connection with the people with the money. Welcome to the wholesale marketplace. All right, our next strategy is a bit more interesting and a bit more complicated, but a bit more interesting, and it's called buying a property subject to the mortgage. It's about buying real estate with no money and no credit. And uh, if you've ever heard of this, I am a national expert at this, maybe the national expert on this, but certainly a national expert on this. And if you've ever heard of this before, there's a pretty good probability that whoever you heard it from learned it from me. So what does it mean to buy property subject to the mortgage? Here's how this works. When somebody buys real estate, how does that work? They go to a title company and they sign a big stack of documents. Most of the documents are disclaimers and disclosures, but once you get past those, there's two documents that get signed at the closing that actually make the transaction happen. The two documents that actually do something are the deed and the note. The deed and the note. Whose ever name that's on the deed, that's who owns the house. Whose ever name that's on the note, that's who's responsible for the mortgage. So there's a deed and a note. Now, normally it's the same guy, right? Guy buys a house, his name is on the deed, his name is on the note. He, uh, he owns the house and he's responsible for the mortgage. That's normal. The guy goes uh, and moves into the house. It's his house. All the rights and privileges and responsibilities and benefits of home ownership, they belong to him. He bought a house. It's his house. At the end of the month, he gets a statement from Bank of America. It says you owe us $1,000 for your mortgage. He writes him a check for $1,000. Bank's happy. He's happy. Everybody's happy. That's how it works. And then the guy goes on to get married. <clears throat> and well, you know, Texas is a community property state. So after he gets married, the wife is added to the deed. Now there's two names on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. Just because somebody's added on or off the deed doesn't affect the note. Right? And then time goes on and things don't work out and they get a divorce. And in their situation, the wife gets the house in the divorce. So now something kind of interesting has happened. Now her name is the only name left on the deed, but his name is still the only name on the note. So the question is, as long as he keeps sending a check every month to Bank of America, or she starts sending a check every month to Bank of America, where a tenant or a property manager, a neighbor, investor, friend, or family member, or somebody sends Bank of America a check every month, the question is, does Bank of America care who wrote the check? And the answer is no, right? They're like, oh, we got a check, came on time for the right amount and it cleared, we're good. So if you're listening to my story so far, I just told you all a story about a woman, about a spouse, about a person that was able to acquire real estate with no money and no credit. Boom, I told you I was gonna show you an example of somebody who acquired real estate with no money and no credit, there it is. All right, so here's the really, really good part. You can all do exactly the same thing and you don't have to get married to do it. Because here in Texas, 
here's the deal. Anybody, any of you, here's the deal. Any of you can go to any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any property at any time and you can make them an offer. And the offer you can make with any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any house at any time is this. Here's the offer. I will make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. Or I will find somebody to make the payments on your mortgage for you going forward. Watch the catch. The catch is you simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property, to me. It's called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage. You can do this with any homeowner that has any loan from any lender on any house at any time. And the only person that has to agree to this transaction is the person whose name is on the deed, the owner of the house, not the bank. The bank actually has no say on this whatsoever. Uh, it's only the person whose name is on the deed. So if you're listening to me closely, here's what you just heard me say. You can buy any house in Texas from any homeowner in Texas that has any loan from any lender. You can buy that person's house at any time. You can buy that person's house with no money and with no credit by simply offering to take over the payments on their mortgage. We're offering to find somebody to take over the payments on the mortgage in exchange for them simply handing the deed, which is ownership of the property to you. And once you learn how to buy real estate with no money and with no credit, then how many properties can you buy? And the answer is all of them. When somebody's in financial distress, this is what you have to understand. When somebody's in financial distress, they have a house and they have a mortgage. Is the house their problem or is the mortgage the problem? Okay, owning a house is never a problem. Being responsible for a mortgage, yeah, that can be a big problem. If you solve the problem by taking over the payments on the mortgage or finding somebody to take over the payments, if you solve the problem, you ask in exchange for, in exchange for solving the problem, you ask them to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property to you. Called buying a property subject to the existing mortgage, agreeing to pay the seller's mortgage in exchange for the deed. Now, once they hand you their deed, you own it. You can do whatever you want. You can renovate it and resale, sell it to somebody else. Wrap it, assign it, keep it as rental property. Keep it as your own homestead if you like. I've helped many of my friends here in Texas buy their very own homestead with this little or no money, no credit needed strategy. How much money can you make? Well, there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money in the various variations of this when you're buying houses with no money and no credit. Small flip, at least 10,000, typically a lot more. And this is another little or no money, little or no risk strategy. Let me show you an example of a deal. <clears throat> this is one of the more than $10 million worth of properties that I own here in Texas. If I wanted to buy $10 million worth of real estate, traditionally, I'd have to put 20% down every time I bought a house. In other words, I'd have to be a multimillionaire in order to become a multimillionaire. Well, I was not a multimillionaire when I started investing in real estate here in Texas. So I had to learn how to do it with little or no money and no credit. I'm going to show you how exactly that works. So let me tell you about this deal. Um, a woman owns a house at the time it's worth 150000 uh, She only owed 110000 on the mortgage. So the house has $40,000 of equity. Uh, she had the house rented out to uh, renters for $1,600 a month rent. Mortgage payment, including tax insurance, is 1100 a month. Uh, so this house is generating $500 a month of gross cash flow. It should have and could have and would have been a perfect rental property, except for one major problem. This woman had lost her job. She was continuing to collect the rent, right, uh, because she was living off that, but she stopped paying the mortgage. Four days, four days before the first Tuesday of the month, when the bank was going to foreclose on her, I knocked on her door. Knock, knock, knock. Hello, can I help you? I am here to help you. 
but what can you do? There's no time. They're going to foreclose on me. There's no time. How can you help me? There's no time. What can you do? Here's what I can do. I can stop the foreclosure. I can reinstate your loan. I can catch up your payments. I can make your mortgage payments for you going forward, and I can repair your credit. Well, that's amazing. What's the catch? You simply have to hand the deed, which is ownership of the property, to me. And she said, deal. Why in the world did she say deal? Because in four days, she's losing the house. That's a done deal. But she wasn't just going to lose that house. In addition to losing the house, she was going to get a little bonus to go along with it, something called a foreclosure. And I'm going to tell you, you don't want a foreclosure. A foreclosure is the atomic bomb of credit hits. It's the big one. It's the beginning of a 10-year nightmare. It starts with the sheriff and his deputies dragging you and your family and all of your possessions to the curb in front of your friends and neighbors. It's 10 years of dealing with the IRS, potentially garnishing your wages to collect an 1099 that could be issued against you for up to the full value of your loan. It's 10 years of having the lender potentially file a deficiency judgment lawsuit against you for up to the full value of the home. It's 10 years of having creditors calling you, hounding you day and night to collect on the judgment from the lawsuit. It's 10 years of not being able to buy another home, not being able to buy a car, not being able to get a credit card, open certain bank accounts, rent certain apartments, or even get certain jobs. It's a bullet to the freaking head, and nobody wants all that. And I stopped all of that from happening to her, and she was thrilled. And the bank was thrilled. They didn't want the house back. They just wanted their money. So I gave them their money. And the tenants were thrilled. They didn't want to get kicked out of the house. They just want to keep renting the house. So I let them keep renting it to, from me. But mostly I was thrilled because for $4,500, which is what it cost me to reinstate that loan, I now own this beautiful $150,000 house. Came with a loan, came with $40,000 of equity, all mine. Came with tenants paying me $1,600 a month rent. After I pay Bank of America, they're $1,100. I put $500 back in my pocket. And if you think that's cool, my wife and I own $13 million worth of these properties. Some of them take, uh, took small amounts of money like this. Uh, some of them, most of them took a little more money than that. Some of them took no money at all. How many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal? Yeah? Okay, we're out of time. I'm sorry. Actually, we, we are running out of time. We're almost done. Uh, but I'm going to finish. I, I know you want to learn this, and I, I do like to teach this. This is one of my specialties. So I love this deal. I love this deal. But I'll bet, I'll bet you haven't figured out why I love this so much. Some of you are looking at this, you're like, oh, you're making uh, $500 a month. Yeah, that's not it. $500 is not going to affect my life or my lifestyle at all. That's not it. What I love about this deal is by doing this, uh, you know, over and over and over again, uh, over the last 18 years now, my wife and I were able to accumulate a portfolio of over $13 million worth of properties. Like I said, some of them took small amounts of money like this. Some of them uh, took a little more money than this. Some of them took no money at all. A in fact, this last year, I looked at the portfolio, and I haven't even done the math yet, uh, but I calculated this last year, the portfolio has appreciated by more than 20%. In fact, maybe 40% because most of the portfolio is, uh, is actually in Austin. Uh, yeah, so, so in other words, in just this last year, you know, we, we, we became more than $2 million richer, maybe 3 or $4 million richer uh, from having done this thing over and over again, this thing uh, that took little or no money and, and no credit. That's what I love about this. This is a strategy that can allow anybody 
regardless of whether they have money or credit to become a multi multi-millionaire. That's what I love about this. And when I realized the wealth potential of this strategy, I actually made one additional tweak to this strategy. I no longer buy these houses in my name. In fact, I no longer buy these houses uh, in my company's name. Now when I buy these houses, I prefer to buy them with my IRA. How many of you were aware that you could do this transaction with an IRA? Well, guess what? You can actually do this with an IRA. <laughs> in fact, one of the co-sponsors uh, of Texas Rios is a company based right here in Texas. Quest Trust IRA, right? Fastest growing self-directed IRA company in the country. Come to the workshop. They'll set it up so you can do this in your IRA. So what happens when my IRA does this deal? Well, my IRA puts out the $4,500 reinstatement fee to Bank of America. The deed title ownership of the property transfers back to my IRA. Every month, the property manager deposits $1,600 of rent into the IRA. Every month, the IRA automatically issues a check to Bank of America for $1,100 to pay the mortgage, and $500 goes back into the IRA. But that's not the good part. What's the good part? Over the next 25 years, this property will double in value, and it'll double again. And even at very conservative appreciation rates, not what we're doing through now, but I mean saying even with conservative appreciation rates, it'll almost double a third time. Something interesting happens to that loan over the next 25 years. What happens to the loan? It gets completely paid off by the tenants. Thank you very much, tenants. In other words, every time my IRA does this deal, my IRA ultimately ends up owning an asset worth about a million dollars that by then I own free and clear. And because my IRA is also a Roth IRA, when I sell that asset in retirement, 100% of the proceeds are, you got it, tax free. Did you all just see what I did? I just showed you how to turn a $4,500 IRA into $1 million tax free doing one deal, one time. The average retired person at the age of 65 has a net worth of $62,000. It's pathetic. If you just did this one deal one time in your life, become more than 25 times richer than the average retired person just doing it once. But I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen somebody do this deal once. 95% of the people will never do this deal. And 100% of the people that do it once, then what do they do? Then they do it again. And then they do it again. And then they do it again and again and again. And that's why the 5% that roll up their sleeves, yeah, they make the money and they make gobs of money. I think, honestly, it's insane to not own real estate. It is absolutely insane. Uh, and when you figure out that you can even do it with little or no money and no credit, it's even more insane. So one more time, how many of you would like me to walk you step by step by step through how to do this deal, find this deal? and walk through all the nitty-gritty detail, nitty details of doing this deal. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna walk you step-by-step step through how to find this property, how to get it under contract, what words to say, what contracts to use, which attorney and title company to close it at. I'm gonna walk you step-by-step-by-step step by step through how to do this. Uh, but it's gonna take me a few days to get through all that, so we're gonna have to do it at the workshop. And the other good news is, not only am I going to teach you that strategy, which is definitely a life-changing strategy, but I'm going to teach you the other 11 strategies to go along with it. I'm going to teach you all 65 tested, proven, perfected methods to find these properties off-market. I'm going to teach you the exact words to say, 10 different closes. I just demonstrated a close. Right? I said to the woman, I'm here to help you, and here's how. That's an example of a close. 
If I said, I'm going to show you how to get somebody to give you their house for free, you'd say BS, right? And then I demonstrate it. And then you start to understand why people do the things they do, what their problems are and how we solve their problems. And then it starts to make sense. We're going to teach you the exact words to say. This is science, folks. It's all been figured out how you can partner with me and other local experts, uh, how you can access our funding to fund your deals. Thousands, and I mean thousands, uh, of local Texas real estate investors have launched their real estate investing careers at this workshop. Because this is the real deal, local, long-standing, ethical, long-standing, experienced real estate investors, Texans, teaching Texans how to invest in Texas using strategies that work here. So, TexasStarterKit.com uh, is how you get your registration tickets to the workshop. And we're doing it for free uh, on June 18th, 19th, and 20th. That's all day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We start each morning at 9 o'clock sharp. Don't be late. In fact, please get there at 8.30 because we're going to be doing a little Q&A warm-up sessions with some case studies, very educational, uh, starting at 8.30. Bring a notebook and be prepared to take a lot of notes and ask a lot of questions. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to change your life. And those are big, bold claims. And you're going to meet a lot of people whose lives completely change as a result of this exact workshop. The Starter Kit is a really cool kit. Uh, my wife and I and a team of Texas investors put together kind of everything you need to get started. Uh, obviously, it includes the workshop. Uh, that's part of it. There's a training program in there. Uh, and there's a business blueprint generator. That's pretty cool. Everybody's different. Some of you want to do this full-time, some part-time. Some people are looking to generate income. Some people are looking to build wealth, uh, commercial, residential, active, passive. Uh, some of you are just getting started. Some of you already started. Everybody's got a different starting point and goal. Great. You actually fill out a short little survey, and it's going to spit out a personalized business plan how real estate can help you accomplish what your goals are. And then you come to the workshop and we'll actually teach you how to actually do it. Uh, access to a money resource guide and even access to the online network uh, where you can ask questions and interact with other investors, and even get access to off-market wholesale deals. So that's all part of the starter kit. Go all the way through the different steps to consume all of the pieces that are part of the starter kit, which of course includes uh, the workshop itself. Uh, and I will see you there live. I'm looking forward to it, 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'm teaching the whole thing. I do have my wife and, and, and some other investors, even a bunch of people that have come to this exact workshop because uh, we kind of send a message out, say, hey, who wants to show a deal uh, on the workshop? And so we're going to do some experiential learning, having people drive walking through houses with cameras. And that's something we can do that's pretty amazing, uh, even, even online. Um, so questions, by the way, if you've been asking questions, my staff has been answering them while I've been talking. Obviously, I haven't been able to uh, do any Q&A from the questions going by, but uh, I will answer some of the big ones right now. Uh, how much experience do I need to do this? 75% of the people that come to the workshop have zilch, zero real estate investing experience. Uh, now, 25% are experienced real estate investors, uh, but they're maybe stuck wanting to get to the next level. I do assume that you don't know how to invest real estate when you come to this workshop, uh, but even if you already have experience, we're going to teach you things I guarantee you're not going to learn anywhere else. Uh, can I bring a partner or significant other? Highly recommend it. Uh, even if your significant other is not interested in investing in real estate, please bring them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can get them interested, but even if I can't, it's just really smart to bring your spouse along on the ride because when you then go say, honey, I'm uh, going to go buy a house now. They're not going to think you're crazy if they've been exposed to kind of how all of this stuff works. Um, 
Uh, what if the event is rescheduled? Highly doubt that's possible, but I'll tell you what we're gonna do a day or two before the event. Uh, we will RSVP you, we'll send you a message, email or text or, or phone and just say, hey, we're just RSVPing. Uh, so we wanna get a count of how many people are gonna be there, obviously. And I will say, if something comes up, I get it, we'll, we'll reschedule you. Uh, if something came up with me, we'll, we'll reschedule everybody. I highly doubt that's gonna happen, but uh, you know, there's a one in a thousand chance, I suppose. But I will say this, if you register for the event now, uh, you will be grandfathered in. In other words, we're not gonna be doing this for free anymore. We're gonna start charging like we always have in the past. But if you're registered before we start charging, you get grandfathered in. So if, even if you're not able to make it for some reason, when we reschedule you, you'll still be able to use your ticket. So that's a pretty good deal. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, how do I know this is the real deal? Uh, look, here's what I'm gonna say. If you'd like to come join us, uh, you know, come join us. Uh, in fact, right now it's free, so there's really no risk whatsoever. Uh, if you don't want to join us, hey, I promise I won't be offended, but I will tell you this, whatever you do, please don't waste your time and your money on what we call one of these traveling circus roadshows. Out-of-state gurus are not going to be able to help you invest in real estate. They don't have the network here, the resources here, the contracts, the procedures, the power teams, uh, the experience, uh, and, and all of the things you need. I'm a very experienced real estate investor. I wouldn't be all that helpful calling somebody in Utah and telling them how to invest in Utah. And somebody who's the most experienced real estate investor in all of Utah wouldn't be very helpful uh, showing somebody how to invest. So you have to learn from local experts. You wanna learn from us, come come join us. Uh, and if you really wanna know if this is the real deal, oops, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I was gonna show you. Uh, let's see if I can get back here. So forgive me, it says on air. Uh, and it says that because uh, I'm trying to get my cursor back. I actually hit a link uh, instead of hitting the, uh, uh, <laughs> the next uh, advanced cursor button. Um, if you really want to know if this is the real deal, there's a link. Uh, we actually do reviews. Everybody that comes to the workshop, we say, hey, give us a review. And we actually post 100% of the reviews online. No matter what anybody says, we, we take a picture of it and we post it on the internet for the whole world to see it. You want to go see a thousand unedited reviews, the exact words, most of them are handwritten when they come to the live events. Uh, you know, what did I, and why in the world would I let anybody who comes to the event give us a review and post it online for the whole world to see? Because I already know in advance what everybody's going to say, because we've done this before. I guarantee, I already know what 99 out of 100 people that they give us a review say, and they're all on there, and you can go look at a thousand of them. Everybody says the same thing. Oh my gosh, this is the real deal. Local experts, holy cow. And even people that have been to a dozen other workshops, they all say the same thing. I learned more in the first couple of hours of this workshop than I learned in that other three-day whatever thing. Yeah, this is Texans teaching Texans. Guys, we're part of the local community. If this weren't the real deal, we wouldn't be doing this for 18 years in a row. So see for yourself if you don't believe me. Uh, where do I get my tickets? Just go to the TexasStarterKit.com uh, and uh, you'll get registered. And you can even click a little link and it'll even put it in your calendar with the links to uh, get into the meeting. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what if I want more help? Go all the way to the end of the starter kit. The last step is to actually join the network, which is also online. Uh, and then you can ask questions and get your power team put together, et cetera, and so forth. So make sure you go through the entire uh, starter kit to consume all of the goodies that are part of it. And it's completely free, so pretty good price as well. 
now there is an option, actually I, I should say, it's, it is completely free. There's In the starter kit it says, hey, if you want to join the live meetings, you can also join Texas Reads. We're about to start doing that. It costs $100 to do that. It is completely optional. You can come to the workshop either way. Uh, but we are starting to offer the live meetings again uh, for a $100 membership. So there is an offer in there for $100. But the starter kit is completely free uh, and you're not obligated to pay anything unless you would like to come to the live meetings uh, when we start up, uh, which is starting this month. So that's pretty cool. So TexasStarterKit.com uh, uh, is where you get the starter kit, where you get to come to the workshop and get all the other cool goodies as well. It is on June 18th, 19th, and 20th. That's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'm teaching it myself. Be there, be on time, bring a notebook, ask a lot of questions, take a lot of notes, be prepared to change your life. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I do really appreciate it. And I love to see you guys. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys uh, at the workshop. Uh, and with that, I will see you all on the other side. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, or share with other investors. Or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com. 